0: What's going on everybody, this is James Grandmaster Facts Boys, and this is another episode of the Facts Project. Today, two special guests. Welcome back to season two of the Facts Project. Two special guests. I got my main man, Corey Taz Pruitt and Eli Johnson, leaders of the free world. We're going to talk about issue one, issue two, issue three, and also the collaborated issues of which they've been able to formulate in these past few years. Thank you, two brothers, for being here. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having us. us. Yeah, word, man. All right. So I'm going to highly admit that this is the first time that I've ever had a writer and artist on the show together. So this is special because not too many people get to know exactly how the dynamic works between the two. So if, nice. if I could, if I could, uh, what is, uh, um, how, how did you two meet? I think you should take um, the book Corey. You, you want me to take
1: this one all right you got
2: okay cool one. um yeah so um i remember um i remember when um i got uh i i posted on twitter once man i hate how people are doing comics nowadays <laughs> and somebody said but why don't you just do your own and that stuck in my head. I was like, I can't just do my own. And then someone else said, why not? And I was like, yeah, why not? And so I, uh, I said, okay, I'm gonna come up with these ideas. And it was very important for me that whoever I found as an artist, I wanted to just be more than just me hiring someone for a job. I wanted it to be both of our things. And so uh, I went on different websites, I went on Reddit, and this guy posted this thing, a uh, picture of Rogue. And my friend was like, yo, check out this guy, he posted this picture of Rogue that he drew, and I, and I love Rogue, Rogue is one of my favorite characters. And um, <laughs> I, I contacted the guy, I sent him this long email, it was ridiculous, so long. Um, I had never done that like this before. <laughs> and I just so happened to get lucky. It was Eli. And I didn't even know he was black. He could have been Filipino. He could have been Greek. Mm-hmm. He could have been anything. Uh, he just went by Atlas. And which I still don't understand why he's called himself that online. But that's a different story.
1: It's, it's a long uh, story, actually. That's a story. <laughs> <laughs> and I did that and, on purpose, too. Like, it's good that, because initially I wanted that effect where I was like, Nobody really knew, but the art kind of like sold itself, but continue, continue.
2: No, 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 you're you're not wrong. Uh, Because it absolutely worked. Um, I was like, well, I don't care if he's green, purple, or yellow, Uh, his art is fantastic. Like, let's work. And so I contacted them and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm down to work. And, uh, okay, so then I said, okay, first we're gonna, I want to create the characters. And I really wanted him to shine, like, I think what makes me and Eli work so well together is that, you know, you ever seen like an alley-oop dunk? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm pretty Like Peyton and Kemp?
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, oh. okay. You're throwing it back to the Supersonics. My man. Um, so um, I, I pretty much lob it in the air. And I just say, yo, I give her the premise and like what the character is or everything. And I said, I want you to just go ahead and just go off on it. And I did not give him any uh, tips on how to draw the characters. I just said, you know, I think that you're good at doing this. And I would tell him the idea I had. The designs came from him, mm-hmm. 100%. And um, I think that's what makes us very well is that I got all the ideas, but I want this to be just as much his book as it is mine right and so and so i wanted him to have his make sure that his voice is involved in the process so um we just linked up and then by the time we designed it all the characters he posted a picture of himself on his twitter page and i was like "Motherfucker, you're black <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah <laughs> and i was like what the hell um i was like i didn't know what you were and um, then we also found out he's also in the same state as me. Now, that's
3: <laughs> here's what I said. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, here's the crazy part. Um, we've been doing this for three years now, three, four years now. We live it in does. the same state. Uh, what's three
1: that? Years. Four years. Damn. damn,
2: I know. damn. <laughs> um, We've been doing this four years now, and um, we still never met.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. We were supposed to get at Comic-Con, but I know it's like a little hectic. Uh,
2: yes. Um, we were supposed to do it at the LA Comic-Con or like at the, uh, the Anaheim Comic-Con, but COVID. And so
3: yeah.
2: ended up not really happening, but um, I have learned a lot about the industry um, through Eli. We're learning together. And um, I couldn't have asked for a better person to collab with. Man, that sounds corny.
0: Ah man. That, that nice. man that shit was nice that shit was nice that was really hard got your valedictorian speech out there
2: <laughs> hella tender tender moments
0: word <laughs> so so for anybody that does not know the dynamic when you're creating a comic book because you said you said yourself you, you guys are learning at the same exact time so mm. it, is it a phone call is it an email is it a text is there changes on the fly is there editing here or is it just like you said you basically, I put the premise up and then you just mm-hmm. basically are allowing him to just like put it together through the atmosphere Is be like, okay, he's just dope. Let me just tell him what right. this is and how I think it's going to be. And then when he brings it back, I, I just don't I don't even mess with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not quite ah, like yeah. that. but like, like that, but not like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Similar. Um, we
2: communicate very well, which is a good thing. Yes. Um, um, not even just through, um, phone calls. I've rarely called the guy
3: <laughs> Probably two, seven times.
1: I think over four years, four years.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, we do a lot of, uh, mostly through Twitter. Uh, we go back and forth. Um, he's very good with communicating. Um, and you know, I'm always down for feedback, even on other projects I'm working on. I would, uh, hit up Eli and just be like, yo, I just want to get, you know, Uh, You know, I want to get your input on this um, because, and I think that's what makes us unique. I can't speak for all these other creators, but like, we're one hundred percent black owned. Um, Right. The art, the uh, printer, everything is one hundred percent black. So, like, I uh, that's one of the biggest pushes. I tell people, like, yo, like you really supporting black business. Like, like everyone, we're we brothers from Cali, and
3: um.
2: (laughs)
0: Oh, go ahead. What are you going to say? No. I w- I was basically um going to say like as far as how it's it's been constructed doing these three issues. Did you have the total story written out all like to all the way through and then you basically like chopped it up from issue 1, issue 2 and issue 3 or was it okay, I got issue 1 in my head. Once we're done with mm-hmm. that, I got to start writing up issue 2
2: that's a damn good question um let me break it to you I think one of my favorite writers said it best Neil Gaiman he said and this is pretty much I couldn't explain it at first but Neil Gaiman nailed it he said writing my style of writing is like this it's like I'm transported into the middle of a fog and I can see in front of me but not for long And my goal is to work through the fog. And the more you work through the fog, the more it opens up. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much how I write. Like I'm landing in a fog and I know my destination. I just got to find my way there.
3: Mm.
2: And so that's pretty much what has been happening. And then when I get to the end, I will tell someone else, hey, this is how I got through the fog. And someone else can look at that in that direction that I'm going and say, yeah, but I have an easier way for you to get through the fog. Why don't you go this way instead? You'll still get to the same destination. You just want a different way. Mm. And, and that's actually what's happened. Um, Eli can tell you, every time I submit a script to him, it, the first script is always scrapped. <laughs> <laughs> and I always have like, okay, by the time you come up to a final one, it's like a completely different thing that I'm doing. And um, yeah, it's just getting feedback from him. He'll be like, well, how about we do this instead? How about we do this? Sometimes he'll add things to the panels that I didn't even ask them to do, but I'll be like, yo, that's dope. Let's roll with that. And just, we just work well together that way. All
0: right, Eli. Who do, you feel, who do you feel needs to be the bigger communicator? Yourself or the writer, the artist or the writer?
2: Oh, oh you start to mess now, look at you.
0: <laughs> As
1: Admiral Ackbar would say, it's a trap. But <laughs> I, think, I think there is a good answer for this. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, ultimately, I think I'm in, the, I'm in the service industry. That's how I always look at what I do. So I think the, the writer has an idea. My job is just to communicate that as accurately to his vision as possible, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to make sure that I am, when the writer reads the, the book that we make together, they have to feel like what they were trying to do, they were able to achieve it. So I think it's important to get the writers, pretty much the writer's view out there. Cause I'm just a vessel for the story itself. Like I want to make sure it looks as good as possible. I want to make sure it reads as good as possible. Everything has to have clarity. So that's how I'm always looking at it. And I just want to make sure that the writer gets their vision across. And you know, how, whatever process we have to go through again, it's a little different with every writer. Corey in my process, one of my favorites. And I think, you know, I think- that's One of. I'm, no, well, no, actually. Honestly, I think it is. Worth this motherfucker gotta think about it. I'm that
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hey I, I, hey I, hey I, facts, can
2: I curse? Can I curse?
0: You can absolutely.
2: Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm tired of this nigga, Eli. And let me tell you all. I'm tired of this nigga with his polished ass Hollywood fucking answers that is just so like
0: you like uh, that one, right? You like that one. It was so good it got so on your nerves.
2: Reversed. Get the fuck out of here. Stop. Stop. This is not an interview, my I mean, like a professional interview, my nigga. Is it? Just come from your heart. I feel like your brother got cue cards behind you, my nigga. What the fuck is this shit?
1: The teleprompter (laughs) is off screen. (laughs) But look, honestly, honestly, it's true, though. Like, you know, like I was saying, but you're right, um, James. Like, this is my favorite collaboration. And I've been doing this for like almost probably a little over 10 years, honestly, just like taking commissions. This is like my main source of income, the whole thing, what I do. And it's branching off since like the past couple of years into doing animation. I'm doing commercials for companies. I'm doing like a variety of stuff. But this collaboration with Corey, with leaders and all the stuff that we do is just my favorite just because of the process. So because of that, I think it helps me to even get to the concept on a different way. You know what I'm saying? So like, when he says like we need to have it look a certain way or feel a certain way or he makes a reference to like an old comic or something that he want kind of wants to pay a little homage to, I'm like I have to get as close to that as possible just because out of respect for the ideas that he has because I really I'm I'm a fan of his honestly <laughs> I can genuinely say that like this man is- I just <laughs> want to make I'm sure a fan of you
2: I'm a fan of you out. just not a fan of your Hollywood ass <laughs> <producers. laughs> <laughs> Like, god damn, dude. You rehearsed it. I can see you in the mirror, like, yes, I am a professional. And Personal, um, I am the that vessel. That.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'll ask both of you this. What, what what did it feel like the reception after the reception after you completed issue one?
2: Ooh, can I take this one? Yes. I, I want to take this one. I want to take this one. This nigga Eli gets on my nerves. And let me tell you why. Again. <laughs> All the reviews, and he's gonna laugh because he knows I'm right. I remember. All the reviews. Going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the reviews were like, "Man, the art is insane, <laughs> yo! This, this cassette, the way he got the angles. This is my idea, by the way." Um, <laughs> The angles, the way that he did this. Oh, the writing's cool too. Uh, there was a few things, but the art, bro. <laughs> like, like n- niggas were doing interviews, and you know they have a section, a paragraph for the writing and a paragraph for the uh, uh, the art. The writing be like three sentences. <laughs> the art be like a whole fucking essay that a college professor is asking for. I'm reading this shit like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to hate
3: but this i am is- hating
2: a little no
1: offense taken
3: oh
2: i didn't ask i didn't ask if you <laughs> took offense my guy
1: <laughs> as you
2: can see this is our dynamic um is like a little brother to me um and um you know i i, I talk to him this way because i'm comfortable around him um mm-hmm. we we've always been that way um I, I think I would like to thank Eli and I'm going to say this. Um, I think that he has helped a lot with our uh, female families because this fucking guy is a model and and all the ladies are like, is oh, who's that? Oh, who's that? <laughs> oh, did he write it? No, motherfucker. I wrote it. My <laughs> I, I wrote the shit. Okay. He just drew it. <laughs> 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 But I want to thank him for that. Uh, but uh, yeah, um,
1: look, I'm in the um, service industry, <laughs> like I said.
2: What you serving though? What you like, serve them comics? You serving? You slanging other stuff? You serving other things?
0: You I'm serving relax.
1: whatever they need at the time.
0: <laughs> serving look, <laughs> he's marketing and promotion with the, it's the face of the product. Exactly. <laughs> he could exactly.
2: be is the PR. face. I'm, I'm not mad at it. He can be the face. He could be the face. Oh, by the way, Eli, uh, my wife says hi. By the way,
3: tell her oh, I say okay. hi.
2: Hey, yo, shut up. Hey, yo, don't, don't talk. <laughs> don't talk to my wife. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, oh okay, she's she, tripping. Right there, right there? She, she tripping. She tripping. She tripping. She said, "Oh, is that my son-in-law?" Oh my god. Yeah, oh
0: no. There? Oh wow. Here we go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so here, no, I have a daughter. Uh, they're about the same age, and um uh, the, the missus thinks they would make a great
1: couple. She's this out of man, her goddamn I mind. From me, bro. I didn't even say anything.
2: No, no, no. This is a good thing, because if you become my son-in-law, I'm not paying you for goddamn things. <laughs> I'm not paying you for shit. You owe me now. And my I wife, mean, my daughter's hand in marriage.
1: <laughs> I don't mean I not didn't, I didn't agree to this. Stop
2: rubbing your head, nigga. Stop, stop rubbing your head of nervous laugh. Get the fuck? yo 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 yo, this is probably the wildest interview you've had you're probably gonna have but um this is me me and eli's dynamic like Uh i this is what i you know i can't you know people hit me up all the time and they ask me for advice Mm. (laughs) and i and i I, it's hard for me to give advice because in all honesty i'm still trying to learn myself Mm -hmm. and um but i told people i said build a relationship with your artist. Don't Mm. just have him, you know, and I understand what Eli's saying, he's in the service business, which he is, but I feel like and his dynamic is also beyond that. And the reason why is that once you develop a friendship and a rapport with your artists and your people, they're gonna work twice as hard for you as well. Mm. And make them feel like they're a part of it. Like it's not just you're drawing for me, we're creating a moment. Right. And, you know, when you meet good people, you take them with you. So that's why when, you know, I met Fax and I saw him online, I liked what he was doing. I, I pulled him in. I was like, yo, bro, let's work together on some stuff. And uh, same thing with Eli, man. And, you know, we black, unless Fax, I think you got a little dabble or something else in you, too. It, um,
0: it, does it show? Does it show? <laughs> <laughs> what gave what it away? Doing? What could have possibly like, given it away? So like, Could it be the (laughs) lack of melanin that's uh, (laughs) formulating across my face? (laughs) Well, you a nigga today.
2: You 100%. You my nigga. You (laughs) my nigga.
0: I appreciate you. you. But yo, all right. So so next question. What was it originally uh, thought about that this was going to be an extremely diverse team? You have a Chinese character, Haitian, Samoan. You even got a dog. You got a Corgi. Uh, you have a um, Mexican character, Filipino character, and you actually have a character that is a full-blown addict. Yes. So the Um, dynamic between those seven characters all alone, was it always going to be like that? And the thing is, how do you write that much diversity into one team? God, you got good questions
2: um, <laughs> um when i wrote the comic book um i always tell people me and eli we're from california okay and Calif- in california is a uh it's a melting pot um we got it all here um mostly mexicans but, <laughs>
3: right, <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah
2: <laughs> but um, um when i step outside my house you know i have a uh, Samoan neighbor i have a mexican neighbor i have people i wanted to my team to reflect what i see every day and you know i have a lot of friends i have a lot of followers from all over the world and you know i like to have conversations with people people say i talk too much on twitter probably i do i'm pretty sure i do my wife is like shaking her head like yes yes but uh, that's all right <laughs> but um yeah i talk to people because i just want to hear what the streets are saying Okay. And um, I had a friend who told me, he was like, I can't name one Samoan superhero. It's true. And I had to think, I was like, there's Mondo on the X Men. He was on Generation X, but that's it. And I'm like, why isn't there more? So I said, you know what? Not only do I want to do a Samoan superhero, I want them to be the exact opposite of what you think a Samoan superhero would be. Mm -hmm. And so, instead of having them be, usually with Samoans, they think like big, muscular, probably muscle powers. I said, how about they be the tech people?
3: Mm -hmm. How about
2: they're the ones with the Megazords? They're the ones that use the giant guns and stuff like that. Let's switch it up. But it still has that Samoan flair. So that's why our character technique, she has the flowers that she always keeps in her hair. Mm -hmm. That's a traditional thing with uh, Samoan women. And the tattoos, and we had a seeing where they do a Sibate, uh, um, the Samoan dance. Have you seen one of those things?
0: I haven't, unless it's, uh, unless it's familiar with like a haka from like uh, New Zealand.
2: It's 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 similar to the haka, um, but you know, the haka is more for New Zealand. Yeah. Um, Samoans, they have their own. You can look at the haka too. They're very similar. Um, but uh, go, if you want, and anyone's listening, Google um, uh, the haka um, are like Samoan soccer and before they go to battle they go, but they consider soccer a, I mean not soccer It's, not uh, soccer, rugby. it's soccer. rugby thank you yep. um, before they go to it's like a battle to them mm-hmm. so they have like a legit battle cry that they do and the rugby leagues always just let them do it uh, the teams mm-hmm. come out the opposing teams just stand on the side and watch these men built like tree trunks yeah scream the most frightening stuff ever. That, I, I would want to leave the field. Like, <laughs> yo, bro, I'm not doing this. I, I played football against, um um, um oh my God, the, the high school that I played, Grant High School. They are state champions. And the reason why they're state champions <laughs> is they have a Samoan line. All of their <laughs> linemen are Samoans. And they would do a haka scream Every before every turn, it is the most frightening thing. <laughs> and so, when I created my characters, I wanted to uh, inherit and put that in there too, as well. Mm-hmm. And so, that's why I had them have the scene. And what's great about that, I followed a bunch of Samoan people and um, I went over the words with them to make sure that I did it correctly. And mm-hmm. that's one thing I wanted to make sure was that representation was correct. Um, I've always loved the story of the Monkey King, so I definitely wanted him in there um i've spoken to a lot of people who are up on chinese folklore right um it's important not to just get the representation but to do it correctly that's how i feel and um but i wanted to have a white person on the team too yeah but i wanted the i wanted the white person to be different though like if you haven't noticed in the group the white person is considered the most powerful member but in the book you see that she's struggling with a lot and she's realizing she she can't keep doing this by herself. And the other members who are not white, they're like, we've already teamed up together. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we, we've come together already. So why don't you just roll with us
3: mm-hmm. and
2: you're, you're invited to the cookout? Yes. <laughs> and it was, it, but I still wanted to give her not really a diversity thing, but I wanted to get her to have a struggle. Yeah, I wanted her to have something that she has to deal with. Because I'm sick and tired of superheroes whose weakness is kryptonite, or weak towards wood, or weak towards this, weak towards that. One of my favorite characters is Firestorm. And Firestorm has the power he could turn one object into something else. But here's the catch. He has to know the molecular structure on how to turn it into something else. Example, he wants to turn something to water. He has to know H2O equals water. Mm -hmm. Problem is... Ronnie Raymond, the character who plays Firestorm, he's an idiot. (laughs) He's like a stupid, dumb jock who doesn't know this stuff. So, like, that's his weakness. His weakness is himself. And Mm -hmm. that's what I wanted with my character, Moonshine. Like, you got this powerful being who could do all of these things, and yet she's late. She's showing up late. She's not able to perform correctly. Her sobriety is her weakness.
0: Right. And the thing is, her her character name wasn't given to her by herself. (laughs) It was literally given to her by just people seeing her drunk as shit on the street.
2: (laughs) Right, right. And that's what I want her to do. I want her to embrace the name.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Like, you know
2: what? I'm Moonshine. That's what I am. You know what? You know, it's kind of like when you see, I watch some uh, shows where people are going to like AA meetings. Yeah. And, you know, they tell them to own it. Yeah. Own it. You have a problem. You have an issue. You know, they go up and say, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. I'm an alcoholic. That's kind of how I see it with Moonshine. Like, she's like, I'm embracing that name. That other name that was given by those other people. That's not me. I'm a person of the people and that's what they're calling me and I'm owning that name.
3: Mm.
0: Now, whose decision was it to draw Echo with no shoes ever? I think that was, what's that mean? I you know that was, that was me. That was me. Because rarely do you get to see a barefoot superhero, let alone a guy.
2: (laughs) True. Um. Okay. So I have a Haitian friend, and he's all about the earth.
3: Mm -hmm. And this nigga
2: does not wear socks. (laughs) Oh, he He don't wear socks.
0: He's up the earth. He's one of those people. Uh,
2: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He is uh, Wagwan, Wagwan Man. And, you know, he's all about the earth, and he doesn't wear socks or shoes ever. <laughs> and so I would talk to him about that. You know, I'd be like, dude, you never wear shoes. He's like, no, that's not how we were made. We were made to cover our feet and stuff like that, even though his feet smell like old Fritos. But he... Oh. Uh, <laughs> um but uh, I was thinking to myself like and I did research on that culture and yeah a lot of them just roll around they don't wear socks they don't wear they wear the little uh sandals but um other than that they just walk with their feet out so like with eco uh I wanted him to be that way like he was like I, I'm not wearing shoes I, I don't wear shoes like I'm connected to the earth I need to be touching the earth at all times and so, Originally, I had it, and if you look at the first picture that Eli ever drew for me of the group all together, I had that wherever he walks, uh, flowers will grow.
0: I I seen, yes.
2: And I've kind of gotten away from that, but I might bring it back later now that I think about it. But I just wanted him to reflect that way. And also, he's the son of Gaia. And I'm like, I feel like Gaia wouldn't wear shoes.
0: (laughs) She's a demigod.
2: (laughs)
3: right exactly
2: like i I felt like she wouldn't wear shoes so he i felt like he wouldn't wear shoes either like it just didn't make sense to me Mm. and you're the first person to ever bring that up (laughs) so and i've been here a bunch of times well
0: well, well, what is the thing because like the the reason why i was reading the book and i was like okay he doesn't wear shoes i was like so now like eli like has to draw feet Like he he has to to work. He's not because you. This ain't the Rob Leefield school of drawing feet. Like he has to draw feet. feet. He has to draw toes, and like you know, like some. He's literally got to draw a foot. The news is I stay ready, so I don't have to get ready. So I learned how to draw feet. Talk (laughs) that shit.
1: I made sure. I made sure of that.
0: <laughs> that's the thing. That's what's up. I like that yeah, because I like that is, I'm sure if you got any of these high profile artists out here and be like, "Hey, man, you ever draw a? You ever drew a foot before in any of your comics?" They probably be like, "No." They've had to draw most of their superheroes with boots on and everything like that. Like really, Listen, the and feet, of- hands
1: and feet are the two most important things that you need to learn how to draw. Hands and feet, and even yeah. if you don't see feet, as long as you know how to draw it. You're a good artist.
2: (laughs) Hey, and let me tell you why this nigga gets on my nerves again. Because when I look at all the compliments, that's one of the things they bring up. They say, Eli draws hands and feet so well. uh." (laughs) So I be telling them, I be on his ass. Like, yeah, I want you to draw the hands like this. I want to make sure his feet are prominent and shown and not drawn like boxes, you dig? Like no life fills over here. We don't
0: do that, right? Because okay. you look at any kids drawing from pre-first to third grade, they get the head and the body all right. It's the arms and the legs that look really jacked up, <laughs> for real. <laughs> Let's be real.
2: No, so I one hundred percent.
0: So one thing I did different, and this is probably I'm going to say the fourth or fifth time I've read uh issue three. And something that I did differently this time from reading issue three was that I read it sonically. Now, for those that ain't, that ain't realizing what I'm talking about, every excerpt from each page has an instrumental to each page that you could listen to. From Blue to Jake one to Alchemist instrumentals and everything like that. So you could literally like flip to the page And I have this lovely roadcaster here. So I could I could literally like read it on Comixology, input the 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 instrumental into my phone and listen to it as I'm reading it. And I'm going page by page to say, okay, sonically, there's a soundtrack to this, which is dope.
1: I have to do a shout out to Corey for that one because that's like this is like the this is like the the literary version of IMAX. Cause like I don't know anybody else who's like doing that like they're making it's not like you can just it's not a comic you just read you have to read and listen to it like that's right. something that's outside the
0: box for me so I well, just want to give him a shout out for, it's funny because the only other person that I know that has a soundtrack to their graphic novel happens to be another independent artist that I know that's also from California it goes by name uh, Jason Primrose so he has like this orchestrated sci-fi feel that he wants you to listen to Along with his book with this, of course, you get some of the dopest instrumentals like put out there through underground hip hop with every single page. And it's, yes, sir, it's it, it's 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 excellent if you do it that way. I highly suggest it because I, I read it the three times and I was like, OK, I read it, I read it, I read it and I was like, I'm going to read it again. And then I started connecting. I was like, oh, shit, wait, hold on. I was like, okay, I kept on doing it and doing it again and doing it again and choosing the song. I was like, looking up the song, okay, oh, Jake won. I was like, oh, that's the that's the Freeway Brother Ali joint, hold on. And then, you, you I'm you
3: dead. right. <laughs> so it's like, literally, you had, me,
0: you had me listening to Blue and, Blue and Exile for like the, the next three days. So even today, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, for real. So, that's that's beyond the issue so throughout the pandemic the pandemic like how has it been creating the book because i know since shippings went down there's been paper shortages and everything like that the best thing you guys could have did you released it digitally through comiXology Mm -hmm. so everybody now has the ways of getting it
2: yes yes absolutely um it's important to get it on comiXology um because I want everyone to have access to it um, at all times. People told me that I should do it through my website, you know, through my own thing. I, I'm cool with that. But the problem is um, I wanted it on a bigger platform. Um, I know that a lot of people um, have trouble going to independent sites to spend money. But I'm like, look, ours on Comicsology. It's on Amazon. So Uh, you could just go straight there and just get that. So we wanted to make sure to do that. Um, I have all the prints in. They finally gave me the last one. Um, I had to tell people, I got a lot of people mad on Kickstarter. I had to tell them like, yo, there is a serious paper shortage in Mm -hmm. the world. And um, the the, the printer people are limited on how much they can make. Because if they just go and just make every order, they're going to be out completely so unfortunately smaller ones like me are going to be pushed back to the people who are making whole textbooks who are ordering whole textbooks for schools and colleges and stuff Mm -hmm. and so it has taken a while but i'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and um i want to thank everyone for that Um, but one of the things that i have been doing during the pandemic is listening to a lot of music and so um i've been working from home sometimes and i just keep the music blasting and on my breaks i write and when i'm writing this is one of the main reasons why i decided to put the music in there um i want the reader to hear what i was listening to when i wrote this scene
0: Mm, okay
2: and so it's like an experience that you're, you're getting. Like this, is, this was the vibe I was on when I wrote this. Um, shout out to uh, Shinjiro Watanabe, um, the, the creator of Cowboy Bebop, uh, Samurai Champloo um, and other things. Um, he, he combines music with all of his stuff that he makes. So Cowboy Bebop was like space sci-fi mixed with jazz. Yeah. And and, and um, Samurai Champloo was, of course, hip-hop mixed with the, the greatest, feudal Japan. I'm sorry, oh, of
3: cool.
2: course, of course, of course, of course. And, you know, on paper, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> hip-hop and feudal Japan samurais? But they make it work. And that was kind of the vibe that I'm trying to go on. Like, this isn't just a superhero comic book. It's a celebration of diversity Uh, superheroes and hip hop music, and I just want the reader to have a full experience instead of just I'm reading a comic, I'm creating an atmosphere Mm -hmm. of um, of geek culture and music culture.
0: Dope now, Eli. I know you recently just um posted that you went to your first Comic Con in LA LA. just this was it, this past weekend, two weeks ago. December, December 1st. December 1st. Four-
3: yeah. Oh. So last year.
0: So for one, I was surprised that you have never been to a Comic-Con before. But secondly, yeah. I was like, okay, you actually had a lot of, a lot of work that you could promote. So did people get to see Leaders of the Free World for the first time? Like the some of the, some of the panels that basically you were able to put out or anything like that, as far as your creations that were put on page to the public?
1: yeah yeah definitely actually um so we okay let's take it back from the beginning (laughs) so uh, i was explaining why i never went to comic con before i had a couple of opportunities when i was a kid watching like they used to have this channel called g4 tv and every year they would you know do san diego comic con you'd see the booth babes you'd see all the new stuff from sega all these guys the movies and this was like before you know before there was an MCU, before any of that stuff, we were watching G4, we were watching Comic Con every year. That was like one thing I always did with my brother. And I said, one day I'm gonna go to this show, but I wanna go as a vendor. I wanna have merchandise. I wanna go to have people buy things that I've created. So there were many years later, fast forward almost 10 something years later. uh, I had various opportunities to go to Comic Con, but I never wanted to go until I had a product. So that was one of the reasons that I was finally able to go this time. I didn't just have one. I had the Undead. I had the Formula. I had like a bunch of different products and my brother and some of our other friends, we all kind of put our little booth together and we had so much to give to people. And for all intents and purposes, we kind of blew it out of the water. <laughs> so there's some things developing for this year's like other shows. But one of the reasons that I was really kind of just waiting on it was just the timing. I wanted to make sure that my first time at the Comic-Con was, I wanted it to be special. I wanted it to be important. You know what I'm saying? So
3: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like that was a milestone that I was able to achieve. So, you know, I'm just going to kind of keep setting the bar higher as far as that goes. But um, Leaders of the Free World, uh, we did have those, those aforementioned shipping issues. <laughs> so we, they, they came. Uh, ah, I'm sorry. We were not able to get the physicals however I'm sorry however <laughs> there's there's a bright side to this there's a silver lining um one of the characters that i incorporated on my booth banner which i posted on instagram was um i think we're still kind of in the process of renaming her but in the episode
2: daybreak, daybreak. Yo, yo exclusive exclusive yes. on fact show um we are adding a new member to the team
3: okay um yeah.
2: Eli, this goes to the process that we're doing. Um, Eli, I just let him, I just let him cook. Like, yo, just start designing characters. And he designed this one character that just captured everybody's eye. Mm -hmm. And everybody is like, who is that? And this reminds me of one of my favorite interviews that Nas did, where uh, Nas was doing his interview and it was a white interviewer. And the white interviewer was saying, you know, when I hear this song, I feel like you're doing this. I feel like you're doing I that. You're... I feel like you're doing this, mm-hmm. and then he, he was like, "Did I get that correct?" And I was like, "Well, that's what it is now."
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like he was like, "Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah." And so, like the picture that he drew, um, I'll post it today on my Twitter page too, so people could go and see, and on my Instagram. Um, <clears throat> this, uh, she looks uh, southern, South Asian, Middle okay. Eastern um she she looks like she would have she's bald but she's pretty she's attractive and bald to me that's amazing art right if you can make because you know people when people think like superheroes especially women they have the long hair yeah they have the look uh he drew a bald woman and she looks gorgeous Mm -hmm. like i couldn't even see her with hair and I'm like, that's the type of stuff I want. Mm-hmm. I want stuff like that. And you know, and she's doing uh, this like dance where she is in the picture and like she has like, like projected hands. You you just gotta see it, it's gorgeous. Um, and I started posting it everywhere. Everyone's like, who is that? And I'm like... Uh.
0: She don't have no name <laughs> yet. <laughs> that's it. she was an
1: extra at the time she was literally, ju- we made her just for the flashback she was, an extra. She was the- just
0: a part of the crowd
1: <laughs> basically she was just for the flashback in episode one mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and that's how a lot of the greatest creators come back. Right. you know like Stan Lee did not make the X-Men to reflect the civil rights
3: mm-hmm. that's
2: that's not true everyone says this <laughs> but like, Stan Lee was just like yeah, sure, yeah, Silver rights. yes, yes. Um, um, yes, uh, Malcolm X and um, <laughs> yeah, um, Martin Luther King. Yeah, 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 that's what I did, yeah. And that's yeah. not what he did. In reality, <laughs> what happened was DC was killing it with Teen Titans. And so Marvel told him he needs to make a team of superheroes that um, were teenagers. And so that's why he made the X-Men and they went to a school and they had a headmaster and stuff like that. And he fought Magneto and they were just a bad guy. And he just said, you know what? I don't know. I didn't, he said, I didn't want to make origins for all these characters. Right. <laughs> so I just said, ah, they were born that way. <laughs> and and <laughs> that's how the X-Men were born. It was none of that other stuff. But if you go to any interview of his, he's like, yeah, super rights movement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> well it seems like yeah. every time it's brought up in an interview if you look at old interviews of him whoever describes it in a certain way he agrees with him he's he like, yeah.
2: like yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like that yes
1: like he just agreed <laughs> like whatever it is what you need it to be and yeah. that was the master of magic yeah,
0: <laughs> at the end of the day it's a book we think of books like the bible people take it literally but with different perspectives some people take it way too fucking literally and then you have some people that just like take offhand like phrases from it and utilize those to just put up in their house, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <It's> no big, <beer. laughs> you know, like it. You know what I'm saying like he he whatever cast the first stone. Ain't nobody throwing stones at people no more, man. Come on. <laughs> like that's not happening. <laughs> it's like, like like
3: straight up. Like some Absolutely.
0: people some people take things a little too literally, and then the other people just take those perspectives like it's a great story. Like somebody, somebody mm-hmm. might just read the Bible and be like, yo, these are some dope ass stories. Fictional stories. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like these are some real good stories. But then you have some. I had a friend here. growing up. I'll yeah. oh, go ahead. You then you have some people like other ones like the Quran and everything like that. Some people just take, yeah. you have some, they describe some people as extremists because they take them, they take the book totally to heart. And then you have some people be like, well, they, they just a little too heavy-handed with they shit. I'm just <laughs> we read it, we follow it because the teachings are prophetic and uh-huh. we just we just follow the teachings and we go on about our life. Then you have those motherfuckers be like, oh hell no, I'm gonna get my virgins today, son. Like, like, <laughs> right,
2: right. <laughs> I had a friend growing up. I asked him, like, do you follow the Bible? Do you believe he was like, Oh, I love fictional characters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
0: all right, bro, get your shit off. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and 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 that's how like it's supposed to be interpreted. But um, the 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 next thing I wanted to ask is like, what are the plans for leaders of the free world going forward, aside from daybreak? daybreak. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> aside from daybreak, this is the thing because I asked you earlier in the in the podcast we were talking about uh how you've been able to put issues together. Have you do you write the issue? and then move forward and then start writing a second issue. And you said that, you know, you you follow it through the fog until you get there. Now, is uh, there is there going to be just this moment in time where you vaguely disappear from, from sight for about a few months and it's because you're writing issue four?
2: <laughs> um, issue four is already almost written, almost done. Um, I would like to apologize to Eli, uh, first off, because, um, He's going to have a broken wrist by the time he's done because I'm going apeshit on 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 issue four. Um, my goal is to write the most insane comic book you've ever read in your life. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like we've done a pretty good job with that so far. I want to write things that has never been seen before. So that's what I'm working with now. Um, uh, uh, one of the biggest best advice I was given by Scott Snyder he said write your comic book like you're, you're told to write a blockbuster movie and you have an unlimited budget mm. you have an yeah. unlimited budget just go if if you think that this is too big you need to find a way to go bigger right and, and that's kind of where I'm at with it like in mid writing I just said hey how about one of the members has their own megazoid?
0: right well, well, that's what i say. saying. Issue three had had a lot of action in it. You know what I'm saying? Like if if if, if, if we want to put it into perspective, like it was a, once the godsend found out that there was an alert on Earth. A lot of people got fucking
3: murked.
1: <laughs> and we Absolutely. actually cut scenes out. We actually there was more. There was more action. Yeah, <laughs> we actually had the, <laughs> the story. idea. <laughs> This is this is not this is not the task cut like this is the short. <laughs> yeah, like this is the this is the this is the WV version. So <laughs> One an of these actual
2: days text an actual text that I got from Eli after I sent him the first script for issue three. He said, wow, um, that's a lot of action. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. We gotta crank up the action. And this is what I tell you earlier that every first script I do always get scrapped. Then Eli, let me tell you why this nigga gets on my nerves. I'm gonna keep saying this. Um, this nigga made a hell of good point. <laughs> he was like, well, you know, I'm always like, wow,' wow And he's all like, you know, I'm more professional. I've been, I'm professionally trained to speak in a very soft tone. And he Uh said, well, McCorey, here's the deal. These people don't really know our characters yet. We should focus on exposing more of their background. And I was like, shut the fuck up at first. I was like, no, I'm not trying to hear, I'm not trying to hear that. We need act. And then I was like, God damn it, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to crank the action down for the third one. Mm And, and, you know, add more characteristic moments. And I'm so glad that he did that because that made me look within myself mm-hmm. to um, look within myself to uh, out of my comfort zone. But if you need action, I could do that. Right. <laughs> like, I got you. But this time I had to not only do a lot of dialogue, I also had to make it interesting for everybody. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do like that within... The um, what me and Eli were able to do, um, where um, we were able to show the origins of each character while also telling a story at the same time. So, so while while they're fighting, um, um, moonshine, like they're learning more about each other. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what you could do. This is what you could do. And at that moment. And Eli can attest to this because at first I didn't have this in there. I decided to make my character Eco gay. Mm -hmm. Um, That wasn't originally there, but I wanted to add something because Eco is a superstar. Like people already know who he is. He's like Mm -hmm. the rock, pretty much. But I was like, what if there's something that they don't know? Mm. And so I threw that in there. You you revealed that not only was he gay, he kind of sort of had a relationship with Florida man, and and things like that. And then the big surprise at the end um that even Eli wasn't sure of. I said <laughs> that he was like, "Hey, did I read this correctly?" And I was like, "Yeah, motherfucker, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing. We're doing that." And he was just like. Okay. Do you think that people will take, I was like, they're going to take whatever we give them. (laughs) They're going to take whatever we give them and they're going to accept it. (laughs) And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. You know, I like to throw things in there to make it go. Oh shit. Uh I I didn't even expect that. And I've had people contact me and ask me like, yo, why did you go that route? And every time I explain it to them, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so it was just a beautiful thing and I want to thank Eli again for you know pushing me out of my comfort
1: zone god that sounds corny. Cool. Yeah.
2: it's honest
1: <laughs> it. it's honest honest moments <laughs> but no like oh, uh, moments. I, I, I gotta thank you for the, for the writing on that one too because you know one of my favorite things to do obviously you know I kind of dodged the double pages but <laughs> I know the motherfucker people, yeah people like the double pages but one of my favorite things to do is um, really just kind of channeling the emotion from the characters into the faces and things like that so I actually like drawing very mundane things if that makes sense and trying to make that as as interesting as possible so when you were able to free up some of the pages for just dialogue and stuff for me that's when I kind of like have a little more fun just kind of like getting into expressions I always try to give the characters like interesting facial expressions they do try to like make the the poses look you know a certain kind of way so i just like making the mundane stuff interesting that way it feels like nothing is wasted so i really I, I i hope that people you know walked away from all the issues feeling like you know we didn't waste any of the scenes you know so i have to thank Corey for always giving good dialogue to provide that for so dope
2: yeah i appreciate you too because you do oh god i'm about to inflate this biggest head again <laughs> uh, you draw very good facial expressions on your characters my good sir. I appreciate that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, Hollywood, bro. <laughs> I, I'm telling
2: you, I'm telling you. This Was
1: this was this the incorrect answer?
0: <laughs> no, it was it was actually the right answer and I want you to keep doing exactly what you're doing. <laughs> All right, so Eli, what can we expect from you this coming year in 2022?
1: uh uh, the books a lot of books i think um even from books i think i mentioned earlier i'm kind of transitioning to some other stuff i'm working currently with a company they're kind of doing like stock trading and teaching people how to do stock trading courses so they're they're kind of working on a video series and i'm animating it right now so it's going to be like full animated videos like 10 minutes five minute videos and stuff so they're going to start releasing those probably, I would bet, in the spring because they're still in the beta phases of okay. making that product. Um, uh, there's another thing I'm working on with my brother called Anime Hip Hop. Uh, that's going to be a, well, it's, 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 it's a bit of a, it's, it's a long story, but right now it's kind of like a combination of entertainment plus music. So we're getting artists and we're combining music with the visuals, a bit like what they did with Leaders and also with the formula. So yep. Hopefully, we're gonna have the Formula Two this year. I'm still talking to my brother and my dad. We're kind of figuring out when we're gonna release it, how we're gonna release it, getting funding and things like that. We might kickstart it again. We might do something different. Um, yeah, just gonna keep doing what we're doing every year. It seems to get bigger, so I'm just gonna you know keep keep going in the right direction. I
0: feel like. So, task. What you got on deck for 2022?
2: Did you hear that polished as trained as shit? I think I don't know just- what you talk about. No, 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 it is wonderful, but I'm like, look at this nigga, he got, anyways, (laughs) Um, I I got other books I'm trying to do, Um, I want to tell our stories, Um, and what I mean by that, I feel like as black people, we are shunned out of a lot of things, Um, we are kept away from things, shit that we like too, I'm tired of seeing shit about slavery, about like the black struggle. I'm fucking right. sick and tired of it. Here's a group of five niggas riding on a dragon. That's what I want. That's what I'm writing. Here's some black people with swords fighting orcs. Motherfucker, that's what I've, i You know, that's what I want. So the stories that I have coming out, that the one that I'm talking about, that's the Afropunks. That's going to be dropping soon. Um, mm-hmm. Just more Black characters. What's great is that I'm hiring... I like to hire a lot of different artists to draw my characters, to give variety. And I'm hiring a lot of um, fantasy artists to draw my characters and I'm realizing they're having trouble drawing Black people.
0: (laughs) So they're... Sometimes sometimes fantasy equals British.
2: (laughs) Man, dead ass, dead ass. And I'm like, well, we're, we're shaking that narrative. Now we, we like dragons, we, we like swords, my nigga. Like, we, we, we could we, we love Game of Thrones, like, we could be a part of this. And so that's what I'm working on. Um, I'm also stepping out of my um, comfort zone. I'm, I did the horror comic book, uh, that mm-hmm. one's called Sundown Town. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's about it takes place during the zombie epidemic. And um, a group of vampires realized, holy shit, um, we're in trouble too and so a group of black vampires have come together and they have a town and they run that town and they have people that live there that they protect
3: mm. and
2: they protect from the zombie and they go out there they're not the zombies do not affect them at all but they can still get in i mean the, the zombies do not like go towards them but they can still get infected by one. So like Mm -hmm. if somehow they're uh, like the blood from the zombie gets sent, they can transform too, so on and so forth. Um, I'm kind of trying to take the term sundown town back for those people who don't know. Mm -hmm. A sundown town is actually something that actually existed where in the early 1900s where uh, black people were not allowed to be outside in certain cities after dark. When the sun went down, you're inside or you're going to get arrested and probably beaten and killed it blew me away that a city not far from me was considered a sundown town chico Mm -hmm. chico was a sundown town i'm like in california like really but because that seems like more of a southern thing Mm -hmm. but um it was it just blew me away and i did a lot of research on that so i'm doing that one too and just a lot of different things i am also got a comic book about a group of villains uh, because I love drawing heroes, uh, writing heroes, but I love writing villains too. And what's also great, this is another Facts exclusive. Each comic that I'm doing is going to have a music theme. As it should. My man. So it's not going to be just hip hop. Like, for example, with um, Afropunks, I'm actually listening to a lot of Black rock bands. Mm. And I want to highlight their shit in my book as well. Uh, for sundown town i've been um listening to a lot of old 70s and 60s music yeah i'm gonna mm-hmm. have that in there can't get some marvin gay in there yeah. some old wedding so on so forth uh just to spread things out just to show people where my brain was at when i was creating these books and yeah. uh that's it for me um, um I, i'm trying to get as much out of eli as i can because that nigga's out of here let me tell you something <laughs> Uh, every day someone's hitting this nigga up Yo, Eli, yo, I need this Yo, I need that That nigga's gonna leave me um, Marvel or DC or Image They gonna hit this nigga up And he's gonna hit me with that late text uh, that, that that one in the morning text Hey, Yo, Corey, man look, Check this out uh, I got this
1: opportunity with Marvel, man Not that uh, I'm working out anymore text more text. I'm just
2: saying, like, I'm like, dude, I'm waiting for the call. I'm waiting for it because everyone is like, yo, this nigga is out of here. And all these other, like, artists in the industry keep hitting him up and they're like, oh, your art's amazing. No. They share his shit. They can't share my writing. They can't share my script. This is bullshit. And so this nigga's out of here. I'm waiting for it. And I don't know any other person in the world that deserves it. Um, He's a young Black man. We got to take care of each other. And um, I'm very proud of them, All Junk Society.
0: Absolutely. Well, for the two of y'all, I appreciate both y'all and the collaboration that you both made. It's excellent to read. I highly suggest it to anybody out there because I've read it a boatload of times now. And I'm glad I've been able to read it the way that I have. So for two brothers to actually like put this together on paper, whether it's the writing and the artistry and everything like that, the fact that you two are collaborating is something that isn't seen too much in, in the comic industry. So that makes it even more special. So kudos to y'all.
2: Salute, bro. Thank you. I fucks with Thank you, Facts. I like what you're doing, man. Um, uh, yo, Eli, let's draw facts into an issue, man. He could be <laughs> like a he could be like the reporter, you dig?
1: That's like, a good idea. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> he should like be, like, be like a reporter during the invasion.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that uh beige color.
0: And, <laughs> but uh, look. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mundane, so just make me an albino and we'll call it even. <laughs> an albino yeah, reporter, oh, nobody's shit. ever seen that.
3: Oh, shit, that's <laughs> that <laughs> true. <laughs> shit, a that's
0: An albino reporter interesting that, interesting that only bus. reports at night because he can't be out in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> that's too interesting. Hey, yo. To <laughs> hey, yo,
2: you, I don't know if you're bullshitting or not, my nigga. We can make that
0: happen. I'm sure you can. That's why I'm telling you this. He said he is not for the (laughs) mundane. This whole storyline has to be like this, okay? Say
2: less. Say less. I got you. I got you. We're going to make that happen.
0: (laughs) All right. No doubt. Well, from the Facts Project to Task and Eli Johnson, thank you both for being here. And we are out.